All right, guys, so today is a very, very important art talk. It's about the animation industry, the animation guild. It's something that this is going to unite us all at the end of the day. And it's going to be, if we can get it right here in Los Angeles, it's going to spread across, I guarantee you. But we got to do it right here. I'm very pleased to um, have the honor today of interviewing or just having this conversation with Gavin Dell. Gavin Dell is running for the president's position at the Guild. He has been a feature animator in the animation industry, character designer, storyboard artist, director, is currently um, an assistant director over at Rough Draft right now. And uh, thanks, Gavin, for being here and just going with this, having this conversation. And I'm, I'm hoping that this conversation really spreads and really gets out there. I was very shocked today to hear someone said that when we send the ballots out to all this, we got over 4,500 members currently, I think, in the union. I'm not sure the actual number, but only about 13% of them actually vote on the on the ballot because I know people neglected. I was at DreamWorks today and one of my buddies who I was at lunch with, he said, hey, if, dude, if I didn't see you post it, I would have just thrown it in the round file. And, and I mean, I'm a victim of it too because I haven't, I can't remember the last time I voted and it's just something where I think we just... Yeah. So sort of put it aside and we go, well, what is the union? What does the union do for us? What's it supposed to do? So could you just um, t tell us just a little bit on, on, on your side, what, what why you're running um, to, for the president of the union and what the union sort of represents for you? Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, on that, that note about um, low voter turnout, um, you know, I... I I've talked to a lot of people over the years, and, and uh, for I, at least the last 15 years, a lot of people that have been in the business for, you know, 10, 20 years or more have kind of given up on, you know, hoping the union was going to do something for them. Um, it, it uh, had, you know, salaries have been declining for 20 straight years. I think a lot of people just kind of surrendered. And, and they kind of stop looking at emails. And uh, I think that's a real problem that we're gonna to have to address right away, both with, with votes, but also getting people to believe in the union, again, as a, as a thing that's gonna do something good for them. And what and, would you uh, say is like the, the benefit of the union? Like if you were to say, why, why is the union a good thing for the animation industry? Well, you know, unions are, literally supposed to be all about protecting you against work abuse and making sure you're getting paid a fair way a fair wage and uh i mean that's that's why they were founded in the first place people were being asked to work you know way beyond a regular work day and uh and then they were weren't making enough money to survive they're just being exploited and you know it seems to be like the the history for artists in general, uh, it's for some reason, you know, a lot of people that aren't artists uh, think that uh, we shouldn't get paid anything, you know? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, don't, they don't value, you know, the years of experience you need to get to the level that uh, a lot of really good artists get to. And what is that old adage about? Like, it's uh, even though it took me 30 minutes to do the thing, it took me 30 years to be able to do it right. in 30 minutes or whatever, you yeah. know? Yeah. And uh, most people don't understand that. And, 
you know, you probably have people come up to you billions of times, hey, can you draw this for me? Can you draw that for me? Like, you know, like it's just nothing for, and, and sometimes maybe it's not that hard, but you know, it, it is a job. And we do this for a living, it's, it's work. Yeah, I mean, the reality is that all of us involved on every facet from the prop designer to the storyboard revisionist, character designer, animator, we're building these multi-million dollar franchises. We're part of the system, which is these cartoons, which are so enormous, so big, they bring in uh, so much entertainment worldwide for people, merchandise, licensing, just across the board. Oh my God, excuse me, I'm gonna have to turn off my air conditioning. This happens on all my art talks, so it's not a, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's like, everyone's gonna understand. Oh my God, his air conditioner went on again. Um, but it's one of these things which is just so uh, vital with such a big part of, and I know for, I've been in the union myself for over 22 years now, paying my union dues. And the benefits yeah. have been great. As, as an artist, you get you know the good benefits. The wages were good. We're definitely seeing them decline now. It, and you, like you said, it's to help protect us from just abuses from overtime or a lot of the different problems that we may be facing. Uh, so that it's, it's a big thing. But I want to kind of get into, you wrote a letter today and you sent it out to the union membership. And I think you made so, you made so many great points and I think it's something that we, we should elaborate on and just discuss because our current board right now, unfortunately, didn't come through on many things. And I think it's important maybe to mention some of these things. And I'm going to go through them here and maybe you can elaborate on them. But you say okay. um, here, a, um, our current board, they approved a new union minimum. 15% less for streaming shows, bringing minimum down about $300 more a week. That is $1,200 a month. We all know most content will be streaming in the next couple of years. Reference side letter N in the contract. Could you yeah. elaborate a bit more on that? Well, side letter N, I guess, has been around for about 10 years. And they um, started side letter N as from, from everything that I know. I mean, I don't know every single little nook and cranny of it because it has evolved for a long time. And it was supposed to be, um, they were testing out this new experimental form of distribution, this streaming content. Right. And I think they were using the excuse that, um, uh, you know, the dot-coms, when, you know, they invested so much money in all this uh, stuff and, and uh, producing animation for dot-coms and then so many of them failed they lost a lot of money um, and I remember when that was happening um, it was it was an explosion of jobs I think it was in the late 90s or, or early 2000s and you know we were doing really well and um, you know I think in those charts that, that I was posting online they were showing that we were making anywhere from 30 to 60 percent above union minimum uh that's how much kind of negotiating leverage we had back then and uh so uh, you know it's a whole different story than today where um the average person's making below union minimum but the this problem that happened with the streaming uh thing was they they kept uh changing the contract and then in this very last deal i i believe for the first time they gave it an actual number for the bottom 
so it was sort of like you're creating a new union minimum. It, the problem with that was before the people that were having a problem were, you know, brand new union members that were probably really young. And I don't have the statistics of it, but the, I think the goal was, you know, they were, for some reason, they were accepting jobs below union minimum, and the union was allowing that to happen because it was still under the streaming contract, and they hadn't, they hadn't made a detail yet that made it so they couldn't get uh, paid really low. So people were accepting, you know, a thousand uh, below union minimum because. You know, one of the biggest uh, problems is when kids come out of school, uh, including me, this happened to me, I started when I was uh, 20 years old, and, you know, the very first job offer I got, right. I, didn't even, I didn't think to negotiate. Right, you, know? you didn't know, you had no, yeah, idea. No, it was more money than I'd ever made, and, and I, I, I think I was uh, delivering pizzas in junior college like a year or two before that, and, and then I went to, to school. So, yeah, it's a very common thing that happens um they didn't know how much they were supposed to make but because it was streaming they were accepting enormous amounts below uh minimum right so i think the leadership this time wanted to um you know help the people that were getting exploited on that low level and but there was a very small percentage of them versus the you know giant percentage of the regular union members that weren't being exploited that knew not to take something that low because they knew how much the minimums were. So I'm, I'm guessing that uh, those percentages of people that were helped were, uh, they were far less than the people who were hurt by it because now the average has gone down 200 just this year from almost like endorsing that we have a new lower minimum you know right. so we, gave, we gave a number that you know sort of acknowledged here's our new streaming minimum or whatever and all of the um it made it okay for all the rest of the body of the membership to now work under that instead before they knew not to go below the regular minimum. Right. so i think you know a lot of it's just been about lack of educating the membership there needs to be something that uh, that stops this problem of young kids being exploited. Actually, yeah, uh, was friended by a, a young kid that is in his last year of high school who wants to become an animator, uh, and he sent me a note um, today, and he want, he wanted to get into an internship. Well, they've got these internships, and and now there's these training programs, and. I heard nothing but bad things about what happens to these kids when they take those because it's it's really kind of a form of uh, wage suppression in a way. Right. Because yeah. They'll take these salaries that are really low, and then you know they put um, very um, maybe like I think our contract for the training programs at Disney, DreamWorks, Nickelodeon, whatever. They say that after 30 days you can actually do real production work. And as long as you're labeled as a trainee and you have a lead, uh, and they have other people that are, you know, above you, you can't like just make a workforce of nothing but trainees. You have to have like a certain amount of like a regular studio going. Yeah. 
But let's just say you have a studio of 50 to 100 people. Um, you could probably hire 30, you know, trainees. There, there, there is no limit in the contract. Right, which is a real, this, this is the real danger. It's just like all these things within the current contract and the, and the, the next contract's going to be up coming up in when, like a year and a half, I, I believe, right? So for, for new negotiations, yeah. this yeah. is what we need to try to get resolved within these. And you had just written here that they, what's been for the current board, what was currently in there was instituted a trainee program to allow new artists to work for studios as trainees for about $1,300 a week for 18 months with another six month option after 30 days in the trainee program, they're allowed to do real production work as long as they're under a mentor and label trainee. This allows studios to build a workforce for an even lower union minimum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I mean, personally, it's just the, it's the wording of the contract that leaves it right for exploitation and you know, the, uh, when I asked uh, Jason, our business rep, about it, he did say there were a bunch of rules that they talked to the studios about, but it's not in the contract. It's not written, so right. Yeah. It's just, so it doesn't it count. Like, <laughs> it, it becomes like this, you know, you're already going to war because you're like, you, you're waiting for the kids to tell you that they're being exploited before protecting them up front. Right, and that's what we need to do. And it, and here's another point, another thing that was in there was um, approved a clause, our current union has approved a clause to give permission to studios for us to perform the functions of multiple job classifications without being paid a dollar more. This is a big problem. Destroying job oh descriptions God. and classifications that protect our jobs. And you even mentioned this clause um, in the contract. But yeah, this is another major problem where we don't have written job descriptions. People don't even know what they what you're actually supposed to do. Otherwise, I just heard recently there's um, been going on where people have been told they're to do one job. They're hired for doing one job. Maybe they could be a CG modeler or something, but they're not doing any CG modeling. They're just doing supervising of stuff that's being sent overseas and coming back. And all they're doing is fixing that. And they're not even getting to build one model. And they're being told that that was the job, you know, it wasn't even the job description. They were hired as something else, but then there's a lot of this merging of the job even happened to me. The merging of trying to merge character design and prop designer is one position, which is, the, which is crazy and paid the one salary. Exactly. Well, I tell you, there, there's absolutely in my mind, no excuse for allowing that clause in our contract. And what was really disappointing, I mean, that's one I take personally because I spent uh, nine months with another group of people working on a salary improvement team. Uh, uh, and basically, I was getting more and more concerned. I was working over at Disney and I was on um, storyboarding on Elena of Avalor, which is, uh, you know, it, it became one of their number one shows. And, um, you know, I had 26 years of experience, had been a director and whatnot, but I really, um, A, I needed the job. Uh, this was three, four years ago, and, uh, and um, I really wanted to work on something that was a Disney classic look, and it had like a princess thing. I've done a lot of like Warner Brothers, Looney Tunes, and uh, Primetime, and this would be like 
the one thing that I really haven't done in my portfolio it would have been and and uh, my friend Rob Pratt was one of the directors who I worked with on Looney Tunes before and uh, so I you know I was excited to try something new and the show was really well done and that you know they had a lot of like Disney feature, you know, ex-Disney feature people that were boarding on it, and really high-quality people. Well, what what I was shocked was when I came in and, and they uh, started to uh, negotiate. They, after all this build-up and talk and showing the presentation of all the stuff, and are you interested? We're interested in having you. Then you go in and negotiate, and they basically tell you that well, we're only paying union minimum, and you're like, what? That that's just not enough. And uh, they said, well, that's what we're doing for everybody because this is actually, they actually build it to us as a Disney tune show. And like it was going to be like a preschool, you know? Yeah. Then later, while working on it, it got so good they decided to make it uh, prime, their primetime lead-in show. And then they made it into like a parade and uh, a ride type of thing. Wow, where you yeah. Go meet, meet the princess and buy her clothes and all that stuff. So a lot of us... You know, we're disappointed in that, but okay. I was working on that for very little. You know, yeah. That's the backstory. I was getting so fed up with the uh, cost of living rising, and now, you know, even after directing, I'm working as a board artist. I mean, this happens yeah. to, you know, to regular old, uh, you know, good veteran artists. So, uh, all of a sudden, I hear about the the wage collusion lawsuit. And I think it was 2016 when it surfaced, and you know we had felt it, we had known. Uh, we had and that was all the price fixing that was going on behind yeah. closed doors with all the studios who were just like keeping the 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 numbers down, and they were all in cahoots with each other. Yeah, well, this yeah. was something that um, a lot of us had a lot of stories about, but no like real confirmation. And apparently, somebody was brave enough, and finally stood up and, and filed the class action suit. And so for, I think it was more than a year or two, we were wondering what happened and whether it was you know, gonna be settled or go to court or whatever. And then they settled. And I, they settled out of court. And I don't remember the exact number. You, you know, anybody who wants to know about it can Google. There's a lot of information online about it. But it was only, basically what happened was producers shared emails back and forth Basically telling each other we're we're going to lower wages starting now and we're not going to share employee or employees back and forth so it's like almost like no escape you right, know what I mean right. and yeah. uh, I don't know I haven't read the emails um, I this article is something I read a long time ago so there's probably articles that explain it in different ways but that's my understanding of it but only like the feature studios. Uh, I don't think Warner Brothers feature was implicated in it, but you know, I think it was Disney and DreamWorks and, and maybe Sony and a couple others that were. I'm, I don't want to say the wrong person. I could be wrong. Yeah. In the studio, I could be wrong. But in the end, um, there was a dramatic downturn in salaries from that point on, all the way through uh, television and every craft. And some of the charts that I was showing. Um, were, was basically showing that from around 2001, 2002, we had, we had really risen nicely, like I said, 30 to 60% above uh, uh, minimum. 
and all of a sudden it's like dropping for the next three years. We're losing, you know, 10, 20%. And, uh, and then it just gradually from that point kind of curved and started to flatten out towards minimum. Yeah. And it took a while for people to, I mean, they were angry and fighting off minimum and, uh, and they're making more money than ever now. I mean, that there's because of the streaming and because of distribution. Oh, yeah. Just these things are just even... They, they make, the studios are making more money today through all these other platforms than they were back in 1997. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, that's the problem with the streaming thing is, you know, they, they introduced this discount on our services. Yeah. Um, as if this was a... Uh, experimental form of distribution and shortly thereafter it started to prove that it was massively successful i mean they're they're sending emails to us every week saying we're doing record numbers and all this stuff and you know we see it in the news all the time yeah. netflix is making you know, right <laughs> yeah and, yeah and so we're sitting here going all right well why the hell did we just give yeah. a discount on our services well uh Myself and a bunch of people uh, fought against it in the last contract, but the uh, current leadership sold it to us, and you know they they thought that they were helping the people that were lower to get closer to union or to to this new lower minimum. Right, right. But instead, it, it sort of had the opposite effect. Sort they, of backfired. On, they endorsed. You know. They endorsed a new union minimum and basically made it okay for everybody else to now accept something less. Yeah. Instead of saying now I won't go below a union minimum, and it, as far as I'm concerned, it's the same work uh, for the same. We sure, sure. And and we should have fought against it. Um, well, now we will. You know, this is the point. This is with this new. With this, why it's going to be so important for this new leadership to come in, new board, new positions to, to a bunch of fighters and a bunch of people who are going to stand up who are going to say something. But let me, let's keep moving on because we got a bunch of things that I, you made so many good points that I kind of want to cover. I also just want to do mention in regards to just positions which people are really getting screwed at the storyboard artists being made to start editing and doing animatics and adding this whole sort of thing on there not being paid anymore. So it's really messing uh, a lot of things up or making people work so much harder um, that then really uh, they should or be compensated for. That's the bottom line. Um, here you have incentivized our current contract, incentivize the studios to pay us the lowest streaming wages by setting a threshold of 650k for a show's budget. Producers are cutting wages, schedules, and combining jobs in order to fit under the threshold and get the 15% discount on our salaries. Yeah, and that one really backfired. And this was something that we argued about uh, when they were pitching us this this contract. Uh, and, and you know, somebody literally said it at the meeting. They they were like, uh, "You made you're almost incent you're you're incentivizing them to cut us or cut the budget down so you can limbo underneath this line." Um, by the way, I think. I found out today I was mistaken that it wasn't six fifty; it was five fifty. Okay. But this is still the same con. Sure. Concept. Yeah. Now, yeah. It's not like it's uh, something made up. It's just that um, that's the because it says like a bunch of different numbers, but there is this line, and I believe when we were at that um, 
meeting. I remember them saying 600 to 650. But um, anyway, I found out. Uh, anyway, the, the concept is that uh, by having a budget max, uh, anything above that maximum, they would have to pay the regular union minimum, which we still have. Yeah. And there's a different set of rules on that one. It doesn't have the clause that allows uh, them to combine our jobs. And to go back to that issue, that problem uh, with the storyboard artists, um, it, it's happening in a lot of different categories. Yeah. And yeah. it's because we don't have job descriptions. Right, and, which we need. And, and yeah, the, there's this ambiguous, like, okay, where does my job end and somebody else's start? So say if you're a prop designer and they ask you to design the front of a building because they want the sign, yeah. you know, but now you're designing in front of the building, but you know you don't get credit for, for being background a background layout design now. Yeah. Whatever. So if that starts bleeding out to now you're doing the fronts of the entire street of buildings because they want the sign instead of you, right. and the, you know, used to just do the sign or whatever. But for for storyboard, it's it's costing people their jobs. I mean, yeah. you're you're talking about. Uh, for instance, like say character layout used to be after storyboard and it was like you would rough out a storyboard leaving and you would only do like the main uh, sort of acting but the implication of the emotion of the acting, right? You didn't yeah. have to like have it perfectly on model. It didn't have to be perfectly balanced. It had, you wanted it to have expression and energy. Yeah. Like, animators drawing in a way but you know like a performance and uh and then you know people started getting more and more picky about it and it got more uh tied down some people wanted it more on model and then before long now they want it perfectly on model right because toon boom came around this is when everything got super out of control because not only could you uh duplicate your panel in and instead of like in the old days, we'd actually have to go to the Xerox machine and uh, Xerox the background that you just drew and then cut and paste it in yeah. and then put the character over the top of it and stuff, you know, while you were drawing it. Now you can just hit, uh, you know, clone or whatever the button is called and it just makes a duplicate of it and you just change the, the character acting on top of it. So, yes, it made it easier. But what's happened is. Um, we have now started doing uh, character layout because we've gotten to where we're doing so many acting poses and they're so on model that they just got rid of those people, but they didn't pay the storyboard people their salary. Right. So, you know, you have these, I used to do character layout like on The Simpsons and on The Critic and some other shows back in the 90s. And, and The Simpsons still does it, by the way, but they're like one of the only yeah. videos that does character layout anymore. And there, there's, Maybe one or two others that I've heard of, but um, the rare. rest of it, that job is gone, and yeah. people lost their jobs. Yeah. And it, you know, it was the same amount of money as a storyboard artist, yeah. but now the storyboard artist not only did they not get a raise, right, and, and their salaries are still falling, but now they've inherited somebody else's job, and then now they're doing uh, character design. They don't even have you, uh, you know the they've cut the schedules down so tight that as soon as the script is literally ready, boom, it's landing on your desk. Well, 
back when things were done a little bit uh, uh, more properly, the script would be done, and they would have a, a, a week or two where character designers would rough out some designs and some backgrounds would get done to inspire what the look was going right. to be. So the board artists could come in and they'd have, you know, because some of this stuff is really complicated. You, you may be like, you know, walking through some sort of enchanted world, you know, that nobody's ever seen before. Well, now they're just throwing it on the, the story storyboard board artist. Plate. Yeah. And yeah. They're, they're sitting there, like, just sort of faking it, like, okay, I think it'll look kind of like this. And they'll get a little direction, like, well, there, there should be sort of like, you know, floating mushrooms or. Right, you know, right, right. That kind of stuff or that kind of stuff. So all of a know, sudden they're having to do the visual development aspect of exactly. it too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, if somebody gets it uh, right and they do a really good job of, of it, um, it's not like they're like um, gonna give them the art director's pay or the designer's pay. They're just gonna say, hey, they'll give that to the background guy and they'll say, hey, do what the board guy did. I like this. Right. You know. Yeah. So now the board guy has designed it. But he hasn't gotten any credit. credit he hasn't for gotten it. any money. Right. And they've literally evolved it so that the, the the board artists and the character designers don't even start till after the awards are done. Right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. We cut their schedules down. Yeah. Costing those guys money. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the board artists didn't get paid for any of any of that, or, or or getting credit too. I think it's very important to just um, just speaking, knowing that a lot of these new up and comers coming in the industry, you know, beyond just the veterans, you, they're going to be veterans someday too. That's their hope, you know, exactly. to where why it's so important for them to have this knowledge base and know what they're getting into and be prepared and and have um just the tools because they're gonna be in our position someday maybe they're young right now but eventually they're gonna get families and eventually they're gonna have all this and then they're gonna get pushed to the side and if they so this is why the mindset needs to be if i want this industry to flourish and i want this industry to go I gotta be a part of what's going on, but this is even more of a reason why we need to build a platform or some service that everyone becomes informed, people are educated, we put together some videos on negotiation that all people, we could even hold a negotiation workshops, but it'd be more practical to even make little videos of them. And there's a lot of things that I know some of us are talking about really make happen. Let me just keep moving on here. We have, you got, what is the breaking point? The average artist lost about $200 a month in the last year. Maybe you didn't get your 3%, so you're making the same amount as last year. Maybe you got a new job with streaming wages instead of regular union minimum protection. Next year, the average is projected to drop more because of even more shows switching to streaming. Another 200 to 300 a month less. This has to stop. We're averaging below the minimum. It took us 60 years to grow. And again, just just really, I mean, great points. Things people aren't even aware of just to get the yeah. 3% increase and, and this money. Again, If you, the thing is, if you don't say anything, and this is what I always run into in negotiations when I'm 
when I've been talking to people, it's like people will, most people, and especially the young guys coming in, even veterans, they're, they're, they don't say anything. They'll come in and take everything at hand. You know, they're given, this is what we're going to offer. This is it. They won't even think about asking for the 3% raise um, at, at the end of the year. They're not even informed about it. And yeah. going into a show, they're told that, listen, this is uh, how much it is an hour, so, so to speak, as opposed to, Telling people, listen, that if they say, what's your rate? This is my preferred rate. And you should always shoot higher than what you expect to even have. And But people aren't informed and don't know. But they, people, if they go, hey, okay, you got to do character design and prop design. It's going to just be one position. Oh, okay. And no, it's not okay. You yeah. know, so it's, it's that knowledge that we need to get yeah. out to these young people and anyone else just to demand and even veterans of this industry to say no. And to be able to, it's like, this is where the solidarity and standing together, because if we don't, if people aren't across the board saying no, then there's going to be a problem. I understand people need jobs and people need work, but I think it's only because we're not informed. This is why we all, we need a database. We need a, a place where we can truly get all the information that the 18 year old kids can get all the information and the 60 year old veteran can get the information and go, oh, I see this is how much a prop designer is making at this studio on this show yeah. and putting all this stuff out there. Well, there, you know, this is something I was just exploring uh, because our union hasn't really been very transparent about a lot of these things. And yeah. so I'm not sure, like, if it's been a long time since I um, applied for my first animation job, but. I hear so many people say, oh, it's just so easy to get into this business. So I'm not sure if like you have to check in with the union before you can even start a job, or do you walk out of school and you could literally just apply for something and if you're lucky enough to get it, then all of a sudden the union will contact you and say, you know, welcome to the union. It is, I mean, that's kind of what happens is you're submitting your portfolio and if you get that call back to come in and do the job, the first person you're meeting with is the, the producer. The that employer, person. so yeah, 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 the employer. You don't even have, you're just like, yeah, what's the union? Then they're going to tell you you need to join the union. Then you're going like, what the hell's the union? And what does the union do? And what are my rights? And you don't even know. And then you're going and all of a sudden you're paying a union, you, you know, you're paying these, these union wages, that fees, and you're just like, well, what is the union going to do for me? Oh, you get these benefits and this and that, but there's still no real knowledge. Yeah, the, the word union sounds so great to so many, yeah. and, and yet if it's not doing its job properly, you're not doing as well as people sometimes that aren't unionized. Right. I, mean, I know in video games, uh, they... They have a, a mid, uh, I mean a junior, mid, and senior level structure that's pretty much built in at most studios, and uh, they pay pretty, uh, you know, um, what do you call it, um, competitive wages, and uh, you know there are studios that are abusive or whatever. Sure, but, yeah. You know, um, what I would propose for the union for us would be, you know, what most unions do. And I was talking to uh, somebody about this uh, a couple days ago that their son, I think, became an electrician and they had to join the electrician union. And not only do they have to like take a test, um, like several tests, but they have like a union boot camp where it literally teaches you how to work union strong and what you do and don't do. Don't even dare pick up like a 
uh, a paintbrush and paint the wall because that's the painter's job. Right, right. And yeah. the painters union people will come down hard on us. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, these union bosses are super protective of their people. Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes the, the people don't understand, you know, why. That's literally why the boot camp uh, should be, we should have something where, um, in our contract that I think makes it so if somebody um, wants to get into our union, they they have to uh, touch base with us and and uh, get a little bit of you know coaching. Man, ab- absolutely, it, it makes me it, bar, ma- you know? it makes me think just with what you're saying is so. This is why you got to be the president and, and, and because uh, you got a lot of great ideas and there's a lot of other people running for executive board and everything else and having these ideas and collaborating because it's when I was as a Boy Scout leader, I had to take a test just to be a Boy Scout leader, right? You got to go through all this training. It's an online thing, but you yeah. got to go and answer all these questions. Why do we not have something like that? For yeah. every single union member, if you're joining the union, you're going to watch these videos or the DMV. My kids are, who are doing their driver's license, they got to re-watch these videos to get their driver's license. You just don't hand someone the driver's license and you neglected all the rules. That we That's a great idea to have some sort of video that we could, we could build, we could make. I saw that the union has a YouTube channel, um, but there hasn't been anything... Uh, loaded on it for three years. Oh, I think. right. And, okay. uh, I think in the last three years we've added like twenty five hundred new young members. Right. Who are, who, are, who are, don't know or this is why. Yeah. This is what but we got to bring up. I'm not to say that they don't have something. I think they do tell them stuff, but I, I'm I'm thinking it's after they've gotten their first job because I was at a Halloween party for for my uh, studio just last weekend and I sat there and talked to this young woman and it was her very first job you know she uh, uh, was a background artist and um, just like the classic story I talked about earlier they offered her something she didn't even know to negotiate she didn't know what the union did right. or what it was she just had to pay dues yeah and so she was even like confused afterwards that she didn't know whether she had accepted the right she didn't know whether you she even got the union minimum she goes, do you know? Do you even know where to uh, to look for union men? Right. So she, wow. She was just like going um, in blind. Yeah, totally blind. She was right to be exploited yeah. by whoever. And, and they probably just handed the green contract book. Just here, read the green contract book, and no one's reading that. So it's almost like it should be one of these things where in order to join when you become a union member, you know, you have to watch this video, and it could be a ten minute thing. You got to sit like everything else. You have I to go pro- through it. I, I want to propose a, a class, actually. Uh, I think it should be more like a couple hours at least um, because, you know, all these things that we've talked about, about where we've been are important. You know, like right. they don't even know because they don't know that um, character layout didn't used to be part of boarding. Yeah. And so to them, making an animatic style storyboard is just how it's done. Yeah. And they don't know that that's, already being exploited or you know that you're doing three four jobs at the same time that's just how it's being done now and you know it'd be great as we i mean we could hire you know the union that could you know with some of the money that's 
spent in the wrong way. I feel many times uh, through on the union where we could take, we could hire a storyboard artist for the right amount of money to create these short videos that is, you know, ties it all in, you know, tie in animation and you're watching these people come to this class and they watch the videos on about the history of the animation guild and how it formed and where we've been and where we're going. I think that would be awesome. To well, create yeah, a cause. Knowledge equals strength. Yeah. And um, what what all of this comes down to is because of the you know not having um, spread this knowledge, uh, the people are are, are unprotected. Yeah. And it's dragging our salaries down yeah. because um, hiring or you know having twenty five hundred new artists that don't know what. They should get paid. Right. It's almost like being compliant with wage suppression. Absolutely. You know? It's yeah. like, hey, you know, you're supposed to like protect everyone, uh, not just the, the young people, but the, the senior artists who have been around a long time and they've built their lives and careers in this thing. And their salaries are being pulled down by the fact that there's this giant new young workforce that's completely, you know, they don't know. Yeah, um, and it's not their fault at all. Right? It's, no, it's no. Our fault for not, uh, you know, standing up and, and stopping these things. Well, it's up to us. It's up to yeah. us. It's up to our our union. It's up to our reps to go out and even to all these schools to Art Center, Cal Arts, Fullerton. To let all these schools know that should be part of what they need to do is go and talk to these schools and give them stuff too, and you know the knowledge. You know, that yeah. shit, it should all tie in. Let's move on here. You got some ideas that you want, uh, that you uh, suggested for increasing yeah. what you believe. So number one was remove side letter N, which we were discussing, and restore us to the rightful union minimum. 10 years of perks and discounts on our effort are over. Streaming has proven to be profitable. Yeah, I, I, you know, they're posting record profits. We've got maybe like six or more channels of, uh, 24-hour-a-day streamable yeah. cartoons. I mean, back in the 90s when they opened Cartoon Network and Nick um, and DreamWorks, and I think that was it. Uh, I think we only had 1,200 or a little bit over in members. And, uh, you know, when you're in high demand, that's when your your strength is as an artist. You're, yeah. you're worth a lot because they need to fill these seats. And they are hungry to make money, and if they can't get enough artists, um, or artists start leaving one place to go to another, I think that was happening a lot back then, and they, they started to make others start paying higher to keep their people. Yeah. And they were making people sign these deals that they would have to stay for a year or two, and then in order to get them to sign those deals to not leave, People would ask for, well, if you're gonna make me stay, then I need to be paid this. Sure. And, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff was very empowering, and we should be there right now. Yeah, absolutely, more so than I, ever. Yeah. We're defeating that process in so many different ways by leaving the door wide open to just let anybody in. Yeah. yeah. We're we're not even protecting them. They're they're coming in and, uh, you know. Getting burnt I, out, I, you know. I have absolutely nothing against the the, the young people. Uh, I just don't want to see them exploited, right. and then their career's over in five years. Right. Yeah. Because we're, we haven't protected the amount of work that's being asked. You know, the storyboards and stuff have gone from I think like 350 panels 
on average for about a seven minute act in like the year 2000 to now they're like getting to a thousand to twelve hundred panels and they're like toned and shaded and uh there's rack focus stuff that's being built into it on your computer by you know bitmap changing and all sorts of uh, you know they'll they'll make the background move they'll they'll have like you know fire and stuff flickering and on torches and you know this is just an animatic for yeah. the writers to see if their stuff was funny or not. Right. And suddenly, it, after we show it to them, they rewrite half the damn show anyway. Right, so, right, exactly. And, and the problem is when people are doing this and going, I've heard the thing, but I, I, I love doing it. It's part of the creative process. It's such the wrong mindset to have in this. If you love and you want to do it for yourself and your own projects, but what you're doing by doing that is hurting the whole industry as a whole and, and affecting it in a way that it, it isn't good. So I think, again, the knowledge of like we talk about with the unions, hey, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can do this, you can do that. We got to have these things listed. Let's move on to number two here. You wrote, uh, remove the staffing clause, giving permission to the studios to share job categories and add detailed job descriptions, protecting our jobs from combining with others without a fair pay increase. Exactly. Well, this is, you know, we've talked about it a lot. If you're going to be asked to combine um, another job category into yours, they need to give you like a $500 pay increase because you just eliminated another guy Someone who else's job. who's going to get 2000 a week. Right. You know, and it, it's even, a, a regular union would hear me say this and go, what, 500 you yeah, know, yeah. You just say screw that. No, keep that other job and right. those people. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I would rather do that myself. I think we should have character layout. We were having a debate about this online the other day that um, it's getting to where there's this weird gray line now where they're asking for so many storyboard panels and so on model, and so now it's like what do you tell overseas when they get it and they're supposed to animate it? You, you're telling them, well, follow exactly the board yeah. or follow it pretty close to exactly, but if it doesn't animate right, then you're supposed to fix it. Well, you know, the guys overseas, they don't know what is supposed to be perfect animation or, or whatever. And all of the new artists that come in, they're not expecting to be animating. They're expecting to do boards. And... So a lot of them don't know how to animate. So what that what this is another thing that the union's failing them on is that because they're not being uh, instructed on like uh, that we shouldn't be doing that level of posing, they're doing it, and then probably twenty percent of their storyboards are being thrown out by the timers because they've done too many right. poses, and the poses don't animate well. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, people are doing just these little tiny movements that are basically the exact same pose, same right. attitude, yeah. just so that it moves on the animatic and it keeps things moving. But, you know, we've gotten to where we're getting more and more used to seeing these animatics, like moving at like eight frames, 10, 12. And that's animation at that point without in between. Yeah. Yeah. You're sitting there going, you know, these people are staying late working oh, weekends yeah. and doing all this work just to have 20% of it thrown away. I mean, imagine if your board schedule is, uh, you know, four weeks and 20% yeah. of it gets thrown away. Yeah. 
you know, you, I mean, your six weeks or, I mean, whatever, any amount of stuff that gets thrown out off of your hard work is wrong. Well, and these guys are missing out on their family life. You know, yeah. the, the producers, other people, producers, executives, these guys are going home. They got their weekends free. I got buddies who they're, they're working these crazy hours. They're not even coming home to tuck their kids to bed at night. They're working on the weekends. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, it's just a constant thing where for this stuff just to get, you know, put a cut onto the cutting room floor, you know, it's just like, it's insane. I, I really don't think this issue is too big to start to tackle. I mean, the job descriptions. No, easy. I, I, wrote, I wrote a job description for them for storyboard hours before the last negotiation. And we had a whole negotiating, or I mean, we had a committee that formed. Yeah. Uh, around the current president, KC, to do job descriptions. And what and happened? A bunch of, yeah, exactly what happened. Um, and I wrote this, what I thought was a bulletproof job description for boards because uh, board artists equal about, I think, the biggest category of people in the industry right now. And it would be the, you know, a good one to get started with. Sure. If, if we, because there was a lot of concern we couldn't do it for all because it, you know, would take too much. I don't know what lawyer what? time. What? What would that take? Been investing with lawyers for a year. Ahead. Yeah. No, I'd rather have a full-time lawyer than a, you know, um, than just about anything. To be yeah. Honest. Right. I, I right. can't think of anybody more important than that because that's what our job would be was supposed to be is yeah. to make the contract the strongest it can be. But uh, so we did all this work, and then this staffing clause made the job descriptions null and void. Uh, they allowed the thing to s- literally say job categories can be blended. Wow. And it, it was supposedly it was there in the last contract. And, Unbelievable. Know, either she didn't know that it was there uh, or they knew and didn't tell us, but we did the work and uh, we were expecting there to be some progress and then all of a sudden still no job categories. See this, God, this is, man, this is a major thing that needs to be worked on straight away. And it can be for every single job description. It's not going to take that much. It won't be that hard to do. Uh, Let's move on to number three here. This is one of my favorites. I've been like thinking about this forever. I even brought this up to uh, this idea of creating more of this anonymous platform when the web was starting to come out to Steve Hewlett. And yeah. nothing happened. It was always blown off. Every time I've said it's been blown off, it's part of like, I, I don't understand why. Um, but, but you have build a union phone app with a LinkedIn meets Yelp style page for each studio telling members who is working at each studios what projects are being worked on, on even untitled ones, uh, the names of the producers, and a monthly updated wage survey that tells you the lows and high salaries are at the studio for each position, giving you the knowledge you need to leverage a better salary. Also, union meeting announcements, social interaction, info, and more. The union is notified every time someone gets hired with their salary info. We need to put this information to use for you. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, this we've been talking about for, I mean, the whole time this whole new group of people has been there, and, you know, it, it hasn't happened. And right. yet somebody yesterday or day before was saying, why don't we use this app? It's like a free build-your-own app thing that you could build on your own. And I'm like, well, for Pete's sake, at least we could have that until the other one is made. It, it looks like something you could uh, at least use for the social stuff and get everybody... 
and stuff up and running on it. And I mean, for me, it's more important to empower people with all this knowledge. The knowledge, right. Have get them started and make them uh, powerless for a year and a half, two years while we're waiting for some fictional app or whatever that may right. Well, happen. you know, it can be created and developed so quickly. I mean, I've done it myself. You know, I've developed apps and I've, just, I've done things with people. I've developed websites and it's something that could be done. If we got together, we could knock it out within a month. And we could pay. Uh, we we could build a platform. We could have a platform which would have a rating system where the studios will be rated. It could be like a Glass Door, Yelp, or a, or a, a TripAdvisor, but it's yeah. just specific for Union instead of all different studios, but just all the Union shops that we have and anonymously. Yeah, you get a passcode. You get a passcode. Pass well, yeah. we all have them. Where anyone who's a member of the Union already has a number. You have your number that you've been yeah. given. We have issued numbers. So if you want to write a review, you have to be a union member, but everyone can see this website. And even on this website, you would have just, or maybe there's all these union uh, artists that are laid off, but now they get first billing on the site. You get all this character designers, prop designers, storyboard artists who are union members who are looking for work. So a studio like the reps can go and say, give it to all these people. They can give it to the, um, to the recruiting people and say, listen, we got a site here of all these people who have been in the union paying 10 years of dues, five years of yeah. dues, 20 years of dues who are unemployed. Why don't you go through them first? There's so many other unions that do this, that help their own. And we could do something like this and have the rate sheet. And there's so many things we could do with a rating system and hold these studios accountable so that oh, they yeah. can see the ratings and go, oh my God, why, why is Disney doing better than Cartoon Network? And then they start to break it down where executives and producers can go, whoa, we got a problem. And maybe they'll address it and go, you know what? We didn't even realize there was this big of a problem. Let's do something about it. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, all of a sudden, say one of the uh, studios, uh, their star level gets down to like a two out of five or whatever. And they're like, I can't understand why we can't get enough people to come work here. Right. Well, you know, people are reading the, and you can be anonymous comments. Nobody has to like expose. Well, exactly. It's all anonymous, but you have yeah. to be union members. So you know you're in union, but it's anonymously because that's the problem. No one has ever spoken up. And that's what Steve Hewlett and all these people ever said was just like, you go to speak up, you go to say something, but everyone's in fear of being blacklisted, fired and all these other things because so no one really does speak up. So yeah. if we can do it anonymously, but again, you have to be a union member within that studio, yeah. which we could easily track and, and then people can freely communicate. And also another point I just kind of want to make is there's grievances going on at studios on different productions where other productions don't even know there's a grievance going on. No one's informed. So right. all of it, we can have a grievance page where, oh my God, did you hear about the grievance going on at this studio on this thing? Hey, that's the same thing we're dealing with. We can file a grievance. And then all of a sudden we can just and get it out there. We got to be able to communicate. Yeah, put an end to that practice going on at all because everybody's hearing about it at the same time. And like, why wait for like two or three, four, five, ten productions to suffer the same abuse when right. it, can be, it can be captured and people can say, hey, they're doing this uh, to us and it's wrong and the, the people have their app and they can go, Oh shit! That's in the that's in the place upstairs. Right. 
Yeah, and absolutely. If, I know if they're if they're doing it to them, it's going to get to us eventually, and then you can be prepared for it before it even gets there and stop it. But um, just to go back, I for, we forgot on the three percent thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, every year, everybody's supposed to be getting their three percent increase. This is one thing that is like really driven salaries down is that they're not getting it. And one of the things that we could really do is have a personal contract that's uh, endorsed by the union. You know, it's a right, right to work state or in contract, personal contracts are, you know, pretty common for most jobs. Yeah. And uh, it's just a, a generic contract that's sort of something that someone can start with. And it's, you know, you fill it out to your own terms and all that stuff, but the, the union has instructed you, these are some of the things you want to make sure you get to cover yourself. And one of them is to attach your salary to minimum by, like, say, uh, minimum plus 300, you know? Right. So every year when in August when the salary, when the union minimum changes and goes up, uh, you are that minimum plus your 300. Because what's happening is, is that you negotiate the 300 above minimum, then minimum goes up, and now you're e- even with the guys that just started, and yeah. you've got 20 years experience. Yeah. And and then not a whole lot of people want to go and um, renegotiate with the producers, right? Especially if you only have like two or three months till the end of the the project. Yeah. You don't know if you're going to get another season. You know. You know. So just think of how much the studios are benefiting. By you just throwing that uh, 3% away for three months. Yeah, you're not even asking. You don't even know to. And you some know? of them don't know, and then some of them know to, but they're just going, ah, they'll probably not give it to me anyway. And and they surrender. Yeah. And, and it's something that also people are a little shy to, to go sure, yeah. that contract thing. But they're shy because the union hasn't said, we're all doing this from yeah. now on. You, you do this, and yeah. so that will empower them to go, okay, from now on, everybody's going to be doing this, and I can do it without fear of me being the only yeah. one, you know? Could you imagine if they even, like, you know, if this was became, you know, that they, they, where the, they're the executives, I don't know how a lot of them think, but thinking in, like, or in terms of the money and the 3% and all this, but if they were, if it became a profit-sharing aspect where, you know, if you're not going to do those things, but you know that you're working on a production, you're going to be incentivized to work even harder more. And if you know that you're going to get a piece of the pie at the end of the day, you know. They used to do that. Yeah. I know people who said they used to get little bonuses if they uh, either got it done on time or early. Um, I, I was talking to somebody about that not too long ago, and I don't remember where it was. It might have been Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon that they had worked, and that happened back back in the day when yeah. things were great. Yeah. And uh, now it's the opposite. They take that bonus money and they give it to the producer for finding a way to come in under budget or early. And so now instead of you getting a bonus for doing a good job getting them done on time or early, the producer gets a bonus for cutting you early. Right, they get you the bonus. Right, they're getting the bonuses for. Yeah, yeah. That's what's. Oh, that's always. That's been going on forever. I remember just back in like Disney way back when that was happening on like wait the the the, the storyboards artists different artists are getting cut yet because the producer they came under budget they're getting a bonus they're benefiting it's just, that was just it was always blown my mind like how is that at all fair 
you know, well, in any way. It's just another way of suppression. So, yeah, so here we get another thing. So number five, you know, get screen credit for every single discipline you contribute to. I think we sort of like covered that to a production which constitutes acknowledgement that you have done all of these jobs, increasing leverage on your pay. So, mm -hmm. but beyond with what you're kind of saying there, I was talking to one of the other members who brought up a very valid point about you get these artists who worked on, and I don't know, I, I, I'm hoping I'm not speaking out of line here, and, um, but there where say like these artists that worked on The Lion King, the original movie, and now they make the live action, it's almost shot for shot. Are those storyboard artists? Are those animators or anyone? They getting credit for anything in the live action? Has it been transitioned over there? I don't know. I I kind of from what he was telling me because his worked on stuff and he wasn't getting any credit on some of the films. But it's just like things like that. You've worked on something. You contributed. Or another thing that happens too, which has happened a lot, where you could have been doing background layouts or design or props on one show, but now they've used that design and they use it for another show. So yeah, they right. take it, but you're not getting credit for that show to say that technically you worked on this other show. They've just sort of like pulled this design and that there's no credit, which is another thing that I think we should add in to the, to the clause in the new contract that this that. has to be a standard thing. I love that. I think in um, a lot of other, I mean, like live action or, uh, whatever they might get residuals and stuff for things like that. If if your stuff gets used again, um, you know, I, I mean, this is why actors have protected their likenesses with, yeah. uh, you know, to, for payment. So yeah. if people are using their likeness for something, they get paid. Well, I mean, our our hands are our 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 work. They're they're how we make our money. And, yeah. Uh, if there's a value in reusing something that you did, then maybe there should be a percentage of something that we get from it. I mean, that, yeah. that's something that we should really try to work for because, honestly, um, we're not being paid enough to um, buy homes. We're not yeah. being paid enough to survive downtime. You know, and I, and I just want to impart here, I just want to throw in for all the people that are maybe living in other countries or other states who are going, yeah. oh, boo-hoo. But reality is if you're going to live in Los Angeles, which we have to do, and work, living in California, working inside these studios, the cost of living out here is extremely expensive. So we're not getting the advantage of living in, say, Texas and or some other places where the, the housing is lower or things like that. So it's very important that we have these minimums and this wage increase. You yeah, know? I mean, people are, it's getting to where, um, it, you know, new, new people are having to roommate three and four yeah, yeah. to afford. Yeah. And uh, if you didn't buy a home, you know, five years ago or more, it's getting so out of reach with these salaries. It's, it'll be like, you'll never be able to buy a home in the city that yeah. you have to live in to work here. And my heart, my heart really goes out to even just all the Canadian artists. You know, it's expensive to live in Toronto and these other cities. And they're, they're way, they don't even have a union, you know. Yeah. So these guys are like in deep trouble. And it's like, so I think that if we could get it right here, if we could really build a solid contract that becomes like the norm and we set up a system 
maybe that can really spread and it could truly spread worldwide and in some of yeah. these other countries in the Philippines and other places where these studios are taking advantage of all their artists and paying them peanuts you know yeah. and on top of I just I'm getting into like the even the trainee programs because here you talk about stop the trainee program at three months and require they pay full pay for production work. Minimum is meant for junior level artists, not something uh, a thousand below, which exactly. is, yeah. I mean, if we didn't have a trainee program, what would they have to do? Yeah. They would yeah. have to hire you at minimum. Right. And that's what, that's what uh, you know, uh, they used to have a job called like a, you know, assistant in between or something and that you could get hired at. Um, and that was still a union minimum level. Um, but we didn't like create this new union minimum that's so much lower just to facilitate. Uh, I don't know why you would do that because you're essentially breaking the the um, I don't know the power structure of our of, of what we built in terms of salaries. Like, yeah. well, how could you just all of a sudden let this new workforce work for less? Because uh, they. They're cheating uh, the guys that are at minimum now. Right. Yeah. You know? And if if you're looking at these graphs and you see the salaries going like this, and now we undercut it with a new minimum, and then we undercut it with a new one for trainees, it's not going to stop. No. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. It's just going to bleed, and it's going to be it's going to be it turn into a nightmare. You know. Yeah. So what what is that's why I was like, what's the breaking point? Like. Uh, we gonna we gonna lose another two three hundred uh, a month the next year yeah. and then the next two or three hundred and then we are becoming what Canada um, is doing where this guy came to one of our meetings I think he was from Canada and he said yeah we don't even have a union and most artists last about five years right. because they burn out because they're overworked and underpaid yeah and we're headed there now I mean it just looks like we're headed for the same thing. Because our yeah. union isn't doing enough to protect us and build on our talent. Another reason why the young and up and comers need to be informed of all this because this is going to be them. In five, they can say, "Oh man, woohoo! I got the job right now." But five years, they're going to be burnt out. They're going to be spat out. They're going to be. It's going to be over for them. Yeah. Um, here, I love this idea. I think you know. I, I think this is important. Encourage our field reps and shop stewards to send people home that are working free overtime after hours and report these productions. And this could be listed on the site, you know, on the website, you know, on the oh, ratings. On the, on the app? On mean, the app. So the yeah. union must come down hard on those productions for making schedules that require overtime to complete on time. I think that this is, yeah, we're paying the field reps. The field reps should go out there and go to all these studios at six, yeah. seven o'clock at night and make sure that they're not doing this sort of stuff. And again, reporting it and making it noted on the app and the website platform so that people know and it's out there in the open and just cut this at they cut it off at the head, you yeah, know? Exactly. I mean, and, and that's the thing is that, again, the young people have not been told how to work union strong. No. Nope. And all they want to do, like everybody else, I. I'm guilty of it. I think if you ask the, the room of people at a, a meeting or whatever, have you worked any extra overtime for free this year? Yeah. I think everybody would put the their hand yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, it, because, you know, the demands are higher, you want your stuff to look good. People, this is a, I mean, this is an inherent problem with artists in general. We're all competitive with each other. 
in a friendly way, you yeah. look at, and you're inspired by the guy next to you because these guys are so damn talented, and you're like, holy crap, I really like what he did there. That looks cool. How he's uh, he's shading all of the stuff, and how he's got this depth and all this stuff in his boards. Well, it, in the last uh, two or three years, I swear to God, the, the amount of tone being added in boards is getting so common that I don't know if we can ever go back because people are so used to seeing now we're making like moving illustrations right and and it's going to keep going because it never it never stops unless there's a reason or there's you know something uh but what what are we going to do color it next yeah no sure no that's going to be the next thing for sure and then here we have uh end end unpaid testing uh, tests are another form of wage suppression. They do not force employers to acknowledge your portfolio and level of experience. They favor people that are unemployed, making everyone else work on the weekend and at night to do them. I'm in favor of requiring tests to be paid in order to limit the amount of studios uh, give out and making them selective or encouraging a trial for hire period. So artists, which they used to do, so yeah. artists can have more information than a handout and also be given a chance to respond to direction and studio culture. I mean, again, this is so, so currently for anyone who's not familiar, just anyone in the audience, this is every time you're going to work at a studio, they're going to give you a test to see if you can match the style or do what's needed, but they, they're not paying for the tests and you're doing a lot of work oftentimes, sometimes way overboard that's needed when the reality is if they see your portfolio and they like what you do, like you mentioned, give you a chance because there's a learning curve. And when you yeah. go, which we always used to have these learning curves, yeah. you, every time you got started on the production, there was a learning curve. You got to learn the style. It's like, you got to learn. It's like, if I was going to a yoga class, if I showed up at the first yoga class and someone looked at me and I'm like, I'm not doing all the moves, you know, they're going to you know, they're going to kick me out because I don't know which way to move my arms. And after a while, a week or two, I'm going to be in rhythm. And when they say a certain word, do this move, you're going to know exactly what to do. But we don't, you don't, we don't get that opportunity. No. And yeah, I mean, I, I have a really funny example of this, of how ridiculous it sounds when you put it like, we don't, I mean, you don't ask a guy who builds cabinets and he's got this portfolio and resume of, you know, 20 years of cabinet making. And, and then you just say, well, I know you've done practically every cabinet yeah. in the business, but I don't believe you can make one like ours. Yeah. So we want you to do this test and build this cabinet during the week for us for free. Yeah. And then at the end of the week, we'll see if you were able to do it in the style we wanted. Right. And, and so... Uh, what the guy doesn't know is he's over there, you know, or maybe he has to build it at home and bring it back. I don't know. But meanwhile, they're, they're having 50 other guys making cabinets too. And, you know, they're only going to pick one or two of them. Right. You know? It just gets ridiculous. And you're sitting there going, why aren't we being protected from this? Because it truly is wage suppression. Because the newer artists that don't have a full-time job... Um, sorry if I get uh, loud because I don't know if you can hear me. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I get excited about this stuff. But the newer artists that, uh, uh, you know, don't know, um, they're going to pour four or five days or more into these tests because they're they're trying to prove themselves for all they're worth. And then the, 
you know, the, the poor married slob that's been working, you know, a job all day, you yeah. know, he has to come home after maybe even working an extra hour just to keep up with these demands, right. have dinner with his family, and then sit at his desk at 9 o'clock at night till midnight, 1 in the morning doing a test. And then he has to do that probably for a week or two because, yes. he, you know, the test would be three days worth of work right. if, if you were doing it full time. Yeah. And that's how stupid it gets yeah. where you're like, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to take a test every night for, you know, two yeah. weeks just to get it done. And meanwhile, these kids are, you know, being given tests like 30, 40 of them at a time. And by right. the time you get your test in, the job may not even be there. Right. And, uh, so, and they'll never tell you when you turn in the test and you do this why, why they didn't hire you. You just kind of like you get ghosted, you know. Yeah, and that, that it's, it's really disrespectful. And, and, yeah, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where they've almost made portfolios and experience obsolete. Yeah. in favor of being able to hire a cheap new person that they can uh, pay very little, and and they also know that they can pay them very little longer because they don't. Uh, we're not like enforcing after one year or two uh, that they have to uh, be paid as a mid-level, you know? So if a person's really informed and there's a rule that after, say, uh, you know, 18 months of work, you can no longer be paid minimum. Yeah. Uh, instead, right now we're being set up to, to ride minimum in the rest of our careers. Yeah. Uh, and, and you're only getting your 3% when it goes up. And uh, it's been getting harder and harder for this reason of the uh, suppression of, you know, all these factors together um, for even a senior person to make more than minimum. Yeah. And like I said, you're, I was working for Disney on one of their number one shows. I've directed and I, there were people on the show that had directed and we're doing boards and these guys are so talented. I'm lucky to even be like keeping up with them. You know, they're so good. And I'm learning from them along the way, even after 25 years, and uh, we're all making minimum. And it's crazy. This is yeah, not it's no, it's it's not it's not right. It's not right, and this is why things need to change. And your last point here, you said. Uh, to listen to your ideas from day one and actually create action plans to make them happen sooner than later. If you are in a committee, we owe it to you to produce results and work with your data so your value, valuable volunteer time doesn't go unrewarded, which I wholeheartedly believe in. I believe in the committees. We got to have committees, but I think that there's a disconnect on the committees. We don't even know what each committee is even discussing. The storyboard committee to the design committee, where is it even being posted? They come up on the microphone at a general meeting and say, oh, we just talked about this. I think general meetings, they should be all inclusive. We should all talk what's on our minds and say what's going on and start acting because I don't think things are getting done. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea and putting it off when I know we could build an app and so we could do this within a month to two months and we could knock it out and we could all collaborate and we could get everyone involved and we could have a chalk talk with all the members and we could go, what else would be great? You know, you're a, you're a prop designer. What would you want to see happen? You're a storyboard revisionist. What would you want to see? And have everyone collaborating in a general meeting and make it just a little bit more exciting. Maybe get more people to show up because they realize we're doing stuff. There's results. That's the difference, yeah. And, yeah, everyone can partake and we can really build a greater experience. So, I mean, 
I mean, there's no limit to the amount of improvements we could do when people actually believe that this stuff is going to actually happen. I, I've seen, yeah. basically what I was seeing was that the committees were being formed on as a way to blow them off from actually creating an action. Yes, yes. And so people would be in these meetings, including myself, and I'd suggest an idea or whatever, and uh, same with like the, what happened with the salary improvement yeah. team. Like, they Bring it up with the committee. They're like, well, what can you do to, to, to make that happen? And I'm like, I'm suggesting this idea so that you can tell me how to, like, make an act. You know, I had barely ever been to a union meeting at that point, and I was waiting for a leader to tell me how to make it happen. Instead, he was just putting it back in my lap saying, you go ahead and make that happen. And, and therefore, many ideas don't happen. No. Now, committees are forming more and more often. But I still haven't seen, I mean, look at all these things we just talked about. And right. I haven't seen a single one of them get fixed in, you know, a year and a half, two years. Right. And, and maybe there's committees with a lot of these ideas. But I go to meetings, I don't hear about no, these No, me, me, yeah. Yeah, you don't, don't hear about it. Yeah. I don't see them getting done. And if they're putting in volunteer hours, which I know they are, yeah. and they're doing because they are passionate, they genuinely want to help. Uh, and grateful for them. But nothing's getting executed on it. Nothing's like, getting executed, and plus the membership, the 4,000 plus, 4,500, however members we have, they're not, they, they don't know what's going on. They don't even know committees even exist. So no. there's, there's no information. We need a hub, and it's not the union website right now. The union website we have right now is horrible. You know, it is it is so outdated and it's just, it serves no real purpose. I don't know what purpose it really serves, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm disgruntled with the union website right now. I think if they want to keep that, if we keep that, fine. But what we need is to build something greater, bigger, better. And um, man, this is why I know you're the right guy for the job. And other people that I've been talking to, I think Jack Thomas, vice president, you know, this guy's on the right mindset too. And there's some gun running up for executive board and there's other like-minded, you know, people running and we had an open forum where people could talk. We have it. If people, any union members that are watching this right now, I want you to go to the union website because if you haven't seen the pegboard, but you're going to have to scroll down and try to find it somewhere, but grab the, the most recent pegboard, which shows the candidates and what they stand for. Again, it's sometimes hard to read because people can write something down, but you don't really get a sense of their true personality and who they really are. You don't know if they're just saying it and it's all just sort of fluff or if they're actually going to do something. Um, but I think we kind of know if you're on the Animation Guild uh, Facebook group, uh, you kind of know who the, the people, the tigers are on there and, and who, are, who are running. We're trying to make ourselves uh, visible, you know, and it's tough because I don't want to be annoying uh, po posting too much stuff, but then at the same time, I'm doing this because I want to win, and I also, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to put this effort in and not win, Yeah. so I want to make sure that people know who I am, and uh, not everybody checks their Facebook as no. often. You don't know who's checking versus who's not. And I mean, the whole point is to be able to get in there and do all these things to help make everybody's life better, including exactly, my own. exactly. And uh, you know, th these things. Um, it's for our future. It's for it's for our future as a whole. And yeah. all I can say is that for all of you guys that are in the union that are watching this, 
please make sure you do not throw your ballots in the round file. Please make sure that you vote. It's a very important time. This next contract's gonna be a big one that we need to have resolution and we need to do something. It's like you guys have to participate and you and and get involved somehow. It's gonna make a difference if for let's your futures. And let's reboot this thing with like a new enthusiasm and get people reconnected to believe again that we are doing stuff and and let's start showing results like right away with the yeah. things that we can do. Yeah, yeah. Not just not go into this like oh we'll get to it when or you know they've been talking about this database now forever and here nothing is happening and people are still powerless and I mean just the idea uh, that I originally had was what if you could call the union when you got your job offer you call up and they have all this information every time somebody gets a job um, their wage level is reported and where they're working and their start date or whatever so you take that wage information and update a monthly, you know, database or, or database or chart or right. something. No, nobody needs to know who whose salaries are what. No, but when somebody gets a job offer, the union should say, "Look, you get a 24-hour, you know, period to check with the union before you have to, res you know, respond." And the union can coach you a little bit and say, "Hey." The low at that place for that particular position is, is, is this. Is, yeah. is this. The high is this. And if they're a new person, I mean, that's when this really pays off because, you know, they don't know hardly anything. Right. And, person, you know, the person at the union could be, do you know what they're asking you to do? Yeah. So when we start getting to the job description stage, we can go, oh, they're actually they're asking for an animatic. Oh, you're going to be writing on the show as well as boarding? Uh, well, then you should be getting three or four hundred more, right. uh, or, or you know, there there'll be changes in salaries based on how many, uh, you know, different jobs are added in. But I'd like to just start seeing these things broken up again so that the quality can be better, uh, because um, that's you know that's what a lot of the directors are want anyway. We've we've gotten to where we're producing really good product. Um, but this gray area of what is animation and what is not yeah. is starting to cause problems. Yeah. We're getting tons and tons of retakes overseas because we're sending too many things, too many drawings, and they don't know which ones to follow or, or, or what. And yeah. it would be better to just do character layout. If you yeah. want it to look better, like almost feature animation or, or whatever, just do character layout and pay those guys, like, you know, have a crew. Yeah. And so some of the primetime shows are doing, like, little teams of harmony animators to, to flush stuff out that are, like, dance scenes or whatever. And that's the same type of sure. thing. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we just need to make sure that people get paid. Yeah, listen, we all need to just make sure. We're, what we're trying to do is just build a strong union that people are happy. You know, it's like that saying where, where it's a happy wife, happy life. Well, if you have happy artists, you know, you're going to have a happy studio. And that's what we want. We want the studios to flourish. You know, we want to flourish. Everyone, we just need to all kind of work together here. It's like we are together. We make up what the studios are producing. The studios exist because of artists out there, our craft, what we can provide. And if we, you know, it's going to be, needs to just be a win-win situation. And yeah. it's no, we don't, we don't need to take advantage 
of each other. It, it serves no purpose. And if we just are all on the same page and can like, hey man, we're gonna, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And you can, it's gonna flourish even more and grow. It's, it's not gonna end. Content is king. And it's vital that this happens, these partnerships happen, where the studios, it'll be rewarding for everyone in the outcome. And I think it's an important thing. And I'm, I'm glad that you're running for president. I think you're the right guy for the job. You got my support. Um, you, and all I can say wrapping up here is uh, vote Gavin Dell for, for president. You know, he's, he's gonna be uh, the right choice. And we can, I think with this and the new board, Let's just keep, uh, guys, let's, let's, let's make this happen. Let's, uh, let's do this and make some big change. I'd like to, to also recommend that the, um, people also vote for a lot of the New York candidates. Um, they're, they're showing a lot of passion with new ideas. The, the people that have been in there, um, you know, some of them that are currently there uh, were the ones that made a lot of these decisions and were just okay with the way things were going. And I don't think we want to just get half new people and then have them have to battle against the people who don't really care whether this stuff happens. I think it would be just a better situation for everybody. Um, read in the, the, the pegboard what people say, and if they're talking about wanting to make salary improvement and job descriptions and stuff like that, like a high priority, you know, then that'll put us all on the same page and it'll actually get done. Yeah. And, um, I think, you know, anybody who's talking about more transparency, you know, knowledge and things like that, that's another thing. Because um, that's this kind of stuff that's really, truly going to empower us. I mean, the union is, is not a social club. It's, a, it's, a, uh, right. uh, it's, it's there specifically to be a hard ass yes. that, takes, that takes care of you yes. between, between you and the studios and you know sure we're gonna have some parties we're gonna do some stuff but we we want to make sure that you're protected and your family is protected and you have a, a long future and you want to be able to put your kids through college someday and all this stuff and uh we have to fight to make that happen yes. they're not just giving it just they're taking it away right now so yeah well, yeah. awesome. Well, uh, thanks, Gavin, for getting your insight on this. I think this is important. So, guys, if you're in the union, make sure you go out and vote. Gavin, thanks so much for your time. And um, we'll, we'll, we'll see you. Hopefully, we both get voted on into the board, and uh, we're going to make a difference. So we'll, we'll see you then. All yeah, right. man, I hope that happens. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right, Appreciate you bet. It. Bye, All right, bye.